Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. Welcome back, my white privilege friend himself. Don, how you doing? Uh, I was doing well until you, that, you used an introduction for me. <laughs> my podcast, my rules, pal. <laughs> I don't know. Do you benefit off the white privilege when you're here with my, my house for a couple days? Uh, I love it. I love it. But we have a new topic at hand that we uh, kind of talked about briefly that I wanted to do a whole uh, episode about, which is the defunding the police. So let's get right into it. What's your opinions about it? What do you think? Well, like I said in our episode of George Floyd, which you should definitely check out if you haven't heard that yet, um, I am firmly against defunding the police. I just uh, very vaguely, I believe that the police should be still properly funded, uh, but they should put more resources towards training and retraining and education in general. Uh, other than that, I mean, I'll, I'll get into numbers later, but for right now, just know totally against defunding the police. They need more training, better training, not less money. You know, I so but before I give my two cents about it, let's. I had to re uh, research the definition of uh, defund the police because when I first started defund the police, I thought they're just trying to get rid of the police force, which in itself a lot of people are trying to do. But the actual definition of defunding the police means just reallocating or redirecting funding away from police departments to other government agencies right. funded by the local community. So basically not abolishing the police force, but let's say instead of having police come for domestic calls, you can have a, a social worker or, you know, something like that. So yeah, it, it, it really is not so much defund. I mean, it's, it's still defunding, but it's reallocating those funds, you know, distributing right. them to other departments, which is, I mean, I'm sure they could all use more money. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's a good idea. I think, you know, when you look at some of the, the budgets for these, um, you know, police force, like New York City Police Department's budgets, like I'm pretty sure close to five hundred million dollars. So honestly, so, probably more than that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think, you know, first is domestic calls. You don't really need the NYPD. Oh, sorry, let me cut you off. <clears throat> the NYPD's budget. What'd you say you thought it was going to be? Five hundred million. It is. Ten point nine billion dollars. Jesus Christ! See, yeah, literally, uh, you can literally cut that budget in half, and they will See, still be all right. Now, I'm I'm gonna pull up the, the, these numbers real quick. Just um, <clears throat> let me just uh find this real quick here. Um, so I saw a uh, an infographic today on the Toronto, Canada's police budget. Um, so they submit this budget request. Their budget is 1.2 billion. So it's 10 times smaller than New York NYPD's, but I believe population wise, it's probably, I would say it's probably close to that. Let me just, uh, cause how many people in New York city, you figure 5 million people in that city? Uh, probably a little more, a little more. Yeah. All six, right. seven. So Toronto's population is 2.93. Oh, we definitely got more. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But what I'm saying is New York City, as it is, is constituted. It's the biggest target for terrorists and for crime in general, I feel like, in the country, maybe the world, you know? Right, right. So, and we saw that obviously September 11, 2001 with the attack on the World Trade Center. So, 
policing New York City is very different to policing, you know, let's say Suffolk County where we live, or even even Toronto, even Toronto. So the Toronto budget, one point two billion, eighty five percent of that goes towards paying the policemen their salary. That's it. Eighty five percent of one point two billion is to pay the police. Only seven percent of the entire budget is non salary. It's 85% for salaries and benefits, 4.1% for the police reserves, premium pays 4%, which I guess is overtime, and then the non-salary spending, which includes facilities, IT, vehicles, equipment, and communications is just 7% of that. Wow. So most of the – and New York City's got a lot of policemen. So it's – I mean, it's uh, – the big number is reflected because of the – yeah, they have about 40,000 police officers. So to pay those 40,000 police officers, you need a lot of money for that alone. Right. But then you bring into it the fact that it's New York City, it's the biggest city in the country, the biggest terrorist target. It's gonna, you're going to need a lot more uh, funding, a lot more um, – what's the one looking for? I don't know. Uh, a lot more, you need a lot more money. It's, it's gonna, a lot of resources go into making sure New York City is safe from threats both foreign – and domestic even. Oh yeah, I think uh, most inner cities require a, a, a bigger police department mm-hmm. and a bigger ju- budget just because of how many people are there. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, interesting uh, statistic I was just reading is that uh, data shows that nine out of ten calls for service are nonviolent encounters. But what happens is a lot of these counters encounters that aren't violent turn to violence because yes, exactly. Police don't have the proper training or you know experience to handle them which is a problem and i think that's why defunding the police in a sense is a good thing you know because they don't need to go for every call but education is very important i'm I'm not trying to be a dick but you contradicted yourself right there because you started out this this podcast by saying that you were in favor of having social workers go to domestic calls and stuff like that you know right but if that turns violent the social worker doesn't know how to do how to defend against them, how to defend themselves. The police are trained how to deal with that, de-escalation, um, self-defense, obviously. So having social workers go to domestic violence calls or even mentally disturbed people calls, those are often the most violent calls. Right, so right. To That's have, a good point. To have people untrained that don't carry weapons that aren't trained in self-defense go and try to help those people only for it to be turned into a violent situation, not good. It's not good at all. See, and that and that, that's the problem we have is that you can go for either or. You can say, you know, like I said, you can have a social worker go and it turns violent. They have none to defend themselves. But then you also have police officers who go and as soon as it turns violent, you know, the first thing they think is, let me, you know, I have to use violence. And a lot of times the victim don't survive. So it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very touchy thing. But that's why I say education is important. I think they should allow some of that budget to be involved, uh, uh, should be used to teach police officers, um, you know, better training. And Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the other thing with defunding the police is that training like that and their extensive training they already do, it's freaking expensive, man. It's a lot of money to pay to be tra- to train 40,000 people in different disciplines and stuff. Right. You know, I mean- so t- getting rid- cutting money from the police is just going to result in worse policing. Oh, I agree. And I will also say, too, if, if not even for educating them during the force, they should make the qualifications 
harder because uh, I, you know, I learned that all they need is six months of training. That's not enough at all. Well, to- it's, it's six months in the Academy and then they do a lot of hours with a field training officer. Uh huh. So they have higher ups in the police in the NYPD who will, they'll be basically their first partner for months and months. So they're spending eight, 12, eight to 12 hours a day with this field training officer learning the ins and outs of actually doing the job, you know, stuff that the Academy won't teach you. So on paper, it's six months of the Academy. And then all of a sudden, Oh, they're free to go into the world and shoot people. That's not at all the case. You know, that's a big talking point is that I see doctors need so-and-so hours and nurses and whatever else needs this many hours. Even I saw someone say you, you need more hours to be a barber than to be a policeman. That's not necessarily true. You don't think so? Interesting. No. Okay. Well, when you couple the six months of the academy, you live at the academy five days a week. You do probably eight hours, I would assume, a day. I don't actually know. That's 40 hours a week, 160 hours a month times six months is 960 hours. But then you go into the field with this field training officer who's there at every step of the way for the first probably six months to a year, I'd imagine. Um, And that's another year where you're doing training, basically, more or less. I mean, you're doing the job, but you're also learning on the job with this field training officer, you know? So now, it's like more real world experience than the Academy gives you, which adds up to a lot more than 960 hours. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know that. So that's a good thing uh, mm-hmm. that you taught me, but I think uh, along with that, I think they should do more mental evaluations and more, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Because oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not against the police. I like the police. I think uh, we need them. They're of importance despite how much is going on. But I think when you have officers who after, you know, a year and a half of training who have these kind of negative thoughts or perceptions about certain groups of people that, you know, you give someone a gun and authority over other people, then the worst of them comes out because all they got to do is say, Hey, come over here. If you resist now they get to, you know, use the force that they Mm -hmm. want. And, and it's sad that, you know, the bad officers or the, the ones that are, you know, are in the media right now are portraying other officers in a bad light. But right. I think it's a problem that I think it's something that's been going on for, for, for many years. Oh, that, it's been going on for since the police was invented, probably in the late 1700s, I would imagine. Right. I think you know? so. My, my biggest gripe with the with the defund the, the police thing is the people who just want to get rid of police altogether. Yeah, those are the real loonies. How. I've yet to understand or get an understanding of, okay, if you get rid of police, what are you going to do? Because as you see in Minneapolis, they pretty much just cut all the money from the police department Mm -hmm. and nobody wanted to work with the police department. So what is going to happen, you know? Yeah. um, I'm glad you brought that up because another good point is that defunding the police will, first of all, lead to a lot of, good police officers quitting, retiring, which will in turn open up a tons of jobs that they have to fill, which will, and they're going to have to probably loosen their requirements to get in, you know, to have to take a test and whatever, because they need to fill those spots, you know? So that's going to lead in turn to worse candidates going up through the ranks and then being ultimately bad police officers in the future. The other flip side of that is also that if you defund the police, you get rid of the police entirely you get what's happening in Minneapolis and you get what's happening in New York city. Now I just saw this today, actually. Uh, this was from published yesterday night, 9 15 PM. The headline is in wake of continued gun violence, prominent members of black community call on NYPD to bring back anti-crime unit. 
basically they're begging NYPD to bring back their uh, their gun task force to get guns off the streets. Of course, because that uh that unit was disbanded in uh in retaliation to the whole George Floyd incident. And the so the Mayor De Blasio, in his infinite wisdom, says, "Quote: This is not anything we can allow in our city. It is heartbreaking." It's heartbreaking for so many reasons and begins with the fact that there are just so many guns out there and that is a New York tragedy. But the mayor did not propose any new solutions to ending the gun violence. He didn't say, okay, maybe defunding the police is a bad idea. Maybe we should you know, continue scheduling the proper amount of cops to you know, patrol the city. This, he said all this, uh, shootings this week went up 277% compared yep. to last year. There were 13 shootings this week last year. This year, there were 49. Yep. Victims, number of victims last year in those 13 shootings, 17. This year, this week, 60. That's a 253% increase. The gun police aren't out there, and the criminals know that, so they're going to take every opportunity they can. Right. And, and that's, it's only going to get worse as these loonies keep crying, defund the police, abolish the police. It's only going to get worse. Shootings, crimes going to go up. Deaths are going to rise. It's going to be like we're back in the 1980s in New York City again. It, it's, it's a mess. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to talk about this is because, you know, I, you know, as a black man, I think I could say this pretty comfortably. I think with the whole George Floyd thing, everybody just kind of rushed to judgment for everything and everything had to change. It was all big all reaction. It was, it was overreactions all around. I mean, totally – the the citizen outrage absolutely justified, like I said in, in, in our podcast about George Floyd, absolutely justified the protests and everything great. But the harsh reaction that cities took to already defund the police, cut staffing, all this stuff, way, way of an overreaction. Yeah, and and I was watching a, a, a video uh, on uh, Twitter uh, last week where the New York City police sergeant, I can't remember his name, but he basically said, you know what? I love my fellow brothers and sisters in arms, and I love working as a police officer, but I'll be straight up with many of you guys. Go find a new job because in a couple months, everybody's not going to have a pension. There's not going to be enough jobs. And, and it's sad that, you know, a lot of good people who, who put in all the hours and good times. Mm-hmm. I know even your neighbor, as a retired cop. Uh, I got a lot of neighbors that are retired cops, bunch of them, yeah. And, you know, and I can say this, but, you know, you know, people don't know or some people will know, I stayed with you and your family for a year and a half, Mm -hmm. and I've never had a problem. They never gave me a two-eyed, you know, look or, you know, saw me and locked the doors all of a sudden. (laughs) The police never gave me a hard time. I think I get with the whole George Floyd thing. There's a lot of things that that needs to be done, but I think... All this stuff is not going to change in a couple months. This is something that is going to have to uh, – it's going to take many years. You know, me – you know, for 4th of July, me, you, and your grandma uh, was talking about this and your grandfather, is that, you know, a lot of the older generation still harbors some of those um, racist thoughts mm-hmm. and, and feelings. So not to say I'm wishing death on anybody, but once that generation starts making their way out, then things could start progressing faster, but absolutely. But that, that I mean, that's not something that's going to happen in six months. 
And no, it's going to take a conscious effort from everyone, from the citizens, from the police, the higher-ups, the government. The government. It's going to take an absolutely unbelievable coordinated effort to um, fix the deep-rooted problems in the law enforcement system. There are problems, absolutely. But I don't think you get them fixed by taking away money and leaving the streets wide open for criminals to take advantage of, you know? Right, exactly. Um, it's... Let me see. I'm reading. So uh, I know the Seattle mayor. Uh, mayor. Oh God! Uh, yes, Seattle's a whole other a whole other story. Yeah. So uh, I'll just read an excerpt. Uh, his plan is to uh, he's calling for 56 million to be slashed from the department's mm-hmm. more than 400 million dollar budget and be redirected towards other needs. Another 20 million could be cut next year in the form of charter plans to expand the police force. So. It's and uh, obviously when you do that, you're gonna move a lot of the you know civilian functions outside of the police force, such as the city's 911 call center, parking enforcement, the office of emergency management, and police accountability. I think we have to look at the bigger picture about this. What is gonna happen when when you cut the budgets down? You know, significantly, uh, significantly like uh, Minnesota did. Mm-hmm. Like you said, crime is going to go through the roof. In New York, I was just, uh, you know, when I was visiting, I just found out there was like a record number of murders over 4th of July. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like 20 shootings that one night. It's, it, 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 it's just one of those things where no matter who you are, I don't care how, how religious you are, how political you are, if someone break into your house, someone, uh, you know, commits a violent act towards you, the first person you're going to call is the police. Yep. So now, you know, instead of, you know, maybe a 20-minute wait, you're going to be looking at a two-hour wait because yeah. now everybody's all scattered. There's not enough yep. people. Understaffing. Oh, yeah. And these people will only realize that when it's too late. When they have someone in their house holding them at gunpoint, will they say, oh, my God, we shouldn't have called to defund the police all those years ago. Which is also why I fully support owning a gun in your house. If you absolutely can afford a gun, get a gun in your house. Because, you know, the police take time to get there. Shotgun pellets don't take too long to leave the barrel. <laughs> That's true. You know? Yeah, I, it's... Uh, you know, I actually wanted to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I talked about this in my last uh, um, uh, podcast, but uh, last episode, excuse me. But you remember the Wendy murder? Um, where the guy was in his car at Wendy's and then the police came and it kind of escalated to the point where he ended up getting killed. Um, I don't remember seeing that. I mean, I can look it up real quick, but you can, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. So basically when that happened, um, one of the issues I had was how they rushed to, to charge the officer with first degree manslaughter. And, and this was another pivotal point for the defund the police movement because when that video came out everybody was saying okay now it's time to really get the police out of here and you know re- you know cut the budget to- oh this was in atlanta yes okay oh yeah, yeah Atl- atlanta's gonna be a shit show too because they already cut their stuff I-, I have another another thing i want to talk to you about yeah keep going oh uh, no uh yeah no so no, no I-, I gotta find it yeah go ahead yeah so it's just basically that you know when that happened everybody was screaming all right it's time to get the police out of there and uh and you know they're just 
training uh, to kill black people. And I think the problem we're having now is that anytime something with the police happens, um, it's getting rushed to judgment. You know, there's no due process. Mm-hmm. It's automatically you're guilty until proven innocent. And now you're seeing shows like, you know, live PD and cops getting taken off air because a lot of networks think it's, it's too high risk for them. Yep. But isn't that exactly, they're doing exactly what people want is more cam footage and more um, uh, dash cam and more, uh, you know, video evidence of these kind of encounters. So I, I just thought that was a very interesting uh, um, event that happened that, you know, I just wanted to quickly mention. But you said you had something you want to ask me about or talk? I just had numbers for Atlanta after that shooting, uh, but I can't seem to find them right now. Um... It's, yeah, I'm pretty sure most of uh, the inner cities uh, violence crime went up. Because Oh, yeah, I'm sure it did. But, you know, defund the police. But I can't find it. But basically what it was is the same thing as New York City work. Crime year over year is just astronomically increased. Number of arrests and stuff were way down in the reaction to that shooting in Atlanta and George Floyd, obviously, in Minnesota. But the bottom line is, man, if you defund the police, refund, reallocate the funds wherever you see fit, or you just abolish police altogether – it's not going to end well for anyone. You know? Yeah, you're 100% right. And we're already seeing that where there's been no official cuts that have been taken into effect yet, except for maybe Minnesota, I think. But as the year goes on and the budgets for 2021 start getting worked on and passed and they start going into effect, we're going to be living like, I don't know if you've seen Mad Max, the movie. Uh, I've, I've seen clips of it. Right, the post-apocalyptic world where it's all different tribes fighting for control of resources. It's going to be damn close to that. When you walk out of Penn Station to Manhattan, yep. you have to have your head on a swivel. That is not a surprise at all. No. And that's the problem is that people think they know best. People don't consider all the uh, all the possibilities, whether it's the social worker taking a domestic violence call or a mentally unstable person. I mean, I have a, <laughs> this isn't funny. I mean, it's kind of funny. There's a picture I saw on a Reddit today in a, a subreddit I'm in. That's a, a cop in a car talking to a naked guy leaning on the window. And the caption was, are social workers trained to handle this? Interesting. There's a dude butt-ass naked, like leaning on a police car, yelling in the window at the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> and no, social workers are not trained to handle that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'll be just be sending social workers to calls like that. will just be adding another step before the police are called. They're, they're going to call the social workers going to go there and say, I can't handle this. And then call the police to actually go there and handle it. So it's going to slow down response time. It's going to put more people's lives in danger who aren't trained. And it's just a waste of everyone's time and resources as well. So. What do you think is the what do you think is going to happen a year from now? What, what do you think uh, what happens with the budgets and stuff? What do you- well, at least for New York City, I don't know when De Blasio's term is over, but it can't be soon enough. Let's see, De Blasio term. 
Um, hmm. I think it's four years, so he's got another year left. Um, so hopefully at the end of next year, we'll vote de Blasio out of office in the city. We can get someone in there who knows what they're doing. But I think that people are going to, like I said, you know, they're rushing to put sweeping changes through the legislation to pass these crazy outrageous budgets. So I think for the next year, at least, we're probably looking at increased crime. I mean, we're already seeing it now with the increased crime numbers, um, decrease in the police and increase in hostility towards police, probably. Um, if it can get any more than this now, we'll see. Uh, but we're going to be in a bad place a year from now. I uh, think at least. This whole thing is with, with everybody still stuck at home, cases rising, protests still going on. And the anger is still happening. It's going to be a rough couple of years. I think this always. I think for the next couple of years, it's going to always be this, this bridge and div, a divide between the police and the people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that might, that, that that is not going to be good for the economy and just for, you know, forget the economy. It's not going to be good for people's lives. Yeah. I'm yeah. a big I'm a big economy guy. I love the economy. But the police and the relationship between the people doesn't dictate the economy. It dictates the safety of everyone. You know? Right. And so we're not, heading toward, we're not heading down a very, a very bright road. We're, uh, we're heading towards the dark alley down off of uh, Grand Concourse in the Bronx. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it, you, you, when you said that, it made me think about something. So I remember in, during the looting time uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw a video of, um, and I get the anger. I'm, I'm not saying that, that, you know, people's anger with the police is not warranted. Um, but I did see a video of a cop, uh, you know, he was just putting a guy in handcuffs and a bunch of people attacked him, threw him on the floor. Someone threw a TV at his head and they stomped him out. And it's just stuff like that. Like I get the anger and the, and the frustration, but, when you do stuff like that, all you're doing is causing, you know, a more divide. And so, mm-hmm. you know, imagine if a cop would have came in and started unloading shots. Now, he would have been the bad guy. But, you know, but the media would have probably, yeah, would have portrayed him as, as, the, as, the, as the suspect, even though he was just defending his partner. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's a big issue. I think we have to stop, uh, stop using violence to... to, to to spread the message. And I know that's probably going to be something that everybody disagrees on. Some people think you need at this point, that's all, that's what you got to do. Get your voice heard. But Mm -hmm. when you go on now attacking cops, setting them on fire, like they did. And, uh, uh, in another country, I can't remember exactly where it happened. I saw that. But setting cops on fire, uh, is, is we're going to be in a world of trouble in the next couple of years. I'm telling you, it's going to be like Mad Max. I'm gonna have to watch that movie. You, you sure? My, my dad loves that movie, man. Love Mad it. Mad Is that a? Yep. Is that based on the future? Yeah, it's based on the post-apocalyptic world, where it's all a giant desert and shit's all run down. People tribes ride around in like uh, like four by fours, with like spikes on their on their shoulder pads and like weapons, like fighting with other tribes. Well, I don't think we ever get to that with with technology. If there's no one to enforce the law, there will be no order. That's what oh, it boils down to. Oh, we definitely need. I think with the police, what should happen? Better education, more 
requirements. So I think when you give someone a gun, it shouldn't end uh, when training is over. I think during training, um, you know, and, and, and this is another thing too, not that I'm thinking about it. A lot of officers after training, and you've probably seen them, a lot of them let themselves go. Mm-hmm. So they're not, they're, they're not really in physical shape anymore. Yep. So they're more likely to pull out a weapon. Now, I'm not saying they're going to shoot you, but they're more likely to use deadly force than someone who can run and, you know, and, and try to catch you. So I think they should help uphold more standards, more tests, mm-hmm. uh, more f- uh, physical tests as well, um, so that they're always in uh, peak performance because, you know, you shouldn't be 30 eating donuts all day and, you know, have a beer belly. And <laughs> when it's time for you to go run down a suspect, you can't run, so you pop them in the back. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know. Well, popping in the back is uh, one of the first things they teach us not to do that. You shoot, I don't care if they're holding the gun. You shoot someone in the back when their back's to you, that is not self-defense. That is murder because they're not posing a threat if their back's to you, you know? Yeah, but, you know, and I've seen this time and time again where um, I can't remember. I can't recall all uh, specific incidences, but, you know, uh, they're getting in a, you know, the police are arguing with someone and the person turns around or, you know, turn it back for a quick second mm-hmm. and they think they're reaching for a gun or they might just be reaching for their driver's license. And start firing all shots, and and I get and, you, and you can tell us reaching for a gun, I think, and reaching for your your wallet, just personally. I think I, it probably the difference. <laughs> I think I think um, it's. I'm not gonna always blame them just because, like, I, you know, I, I have watched a video where a police sergeant had someone. I think it was a BuzzFeed guy. He did an experiment where he had to train in the line of duty like an officer mm-hmm. and react, and he failed every test. Yep. You know, he was supposed to be a suspect, the, the police officer, and he was the one with the gun. And the times where he was reaching for identification or to put his hands up, the guy shot him because yeah. he thought he was reaching for a weapon. Yeah, it's, it's a tough job to do, and that's why I applaud all the good ones that do it because it is very hard. The training is already pretty extensive, but I totally agree with you that there should be routine physical tests given out to officers in the field more retraining on de-escalation and stuff like that. Absolutely. Right. I think no matter what happens, there's always going to be bad police. There's always going to be criminals. Yep. There's always going to be all types of bad people in the world. You as, really can't change that. Yep. As long as there are more good cops than bad, we'll be all right. You know? Yeah. And, but, you know, I think what we're doing now is we're focusing on the bad, which mm-hmm. I get. But I think we're also not giving the ones that, you know, who's put in 30 years, mm-hmm. who's been helping the communities. And, uh, uh, you know, just a point to that, too. I think another problem, and this is why I say education is important, is that, you know, in New York City, where there's a lot of projects and stuff, it's kind of hard to, you know, pluck someone who didn't grow up in that kind of community, you know, who's probably used to a two-parent home and mm-hmm. going to a private school. If you throw them in that kind of environment where a lot of them are dropouts or, you know, gang activity is very high, mm-hmm. they're more, it, it's, it's a tough position for everybody. So I think they have to either better train people or put people with that kind of background in those type of communities mm-hmm. because, like, Stop and Frisk was very, uh, very uh, effective. popular and effective when it happened. But when you see officers who aren't, used to a specific environment, mm-hmm. you see more violence happening because, again, a lot of people are different. So you put someone in the hood 
You're going to need someone who understands the hood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. I like that. It's a good point. It's a great point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think, and, you know, sometimes people might think that just because I never had a bad experience with the police, I, uh, um, I don't see what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know I can end up like George Floyd, God forbid, one day if someone thinks I'm a threat. Because, you know, I am a big, dark guy. So I'm not, it's not to say that it can't happen, God willing. But I also think that we should all work together. The police and the people should be working together. And so, you know, let, let's just make our lives easier. And let's, you know, hopefully in 30 years, because that, that's probably when, it'll, when things will be better. But I think uh, we have to start with more police uh, body cams, more um, car cams, and, and more surveillance because people shouldn't be getting shot and there's no way it was recorded. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, it, it boils down, at least in my opinion, to education, education, education. Initial education, ongoing education when they're in the line of duty, trainings, workshops, all that stuff. As well as, I think, a better interview process to help right. kind of try to weed out the bad ones from the good, you know? And that's what yeah. the whole point of the interview process is, but clearly it could use some work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think the, the, just the whole issue with the police right now is that you're giving people who might have these negative thoughts and, you know, these strong opinions. Yeah, these strong prejudices, yeah. And authority over people. And that's obviously there's always going to be someone who slipped through the cracks. You mm-hmm. can't really clean up everybody, but you know, I think there should be a better process of, you know, trying to fill out for people. I think if someone is displaying some type of ignorance, any type of ignorance, whether it's on a, a written form or you might see it in the police department, which is another problem because there's officers who see that, but they won't snitch on their, their fellow. Yeah. That's another big problem too. Yeah. I'm just, look, you know, we, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it's not going to happen three months after George Floyd died. And I think everybody, people, uh, congressmen, mayors, uh, even uh, communities, I think we have to look at the bigger picture opposed to what can we do right now? Mm -hmm. Because we're seeing what we're doing right now isn't working. So, you know, are we going to continue in the way we're doing and more people are dying from without the police killing them? Or we're going to find better ways to include the police uh, and, and train them better so that, you know, they can go back out and do what they got to do. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of things we have to think about with the, the funding the police thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like everything in life now, man. It's a very complicated situation. And it's not just going to go away overnight with a reactionary. Did you just hit your jewel or your vape? No. <laughs> it's... uh. It's not going to go away overnight. It's not going to take a gross overreaction by the politicians to fix. It's going to take a lot of thought, a lot of effort, and probably a lot of failure before we get it right in the next 10 to 20 years, hopefully. Fingers crossed. It's, it hopefully will be shorter than that. But it's not going to be solved overnight. It's going to take a ton of work. But, right. uh, you know, do, going down the road we're going down now is not the way to do it, at least in my opinion. Now, let me add one, one quick question. I don't want to make this too long. Mm-hmm. But So I was watching a Jubilee video. And uh, one of the discussions they did was, um, should we defund the police? Right. And one of the questions they asked, there were about three cops 
uh, two retired and one still on the force. And the question was, have the police uh, become too, uh, I'm a botch it, militarized? Militarized, yeah. What do you think? Do you think that's the case? Well, I mean, militarized in the fact that some of them have big scary guns and helmets and stuff like that. Because normal police officers, they just walk around the streets with their, their uniforms and their silly hats, and they have a handgun on their side, maybe a taser. No, that's not militarized. It's just police. But it's right. the SWAT teams and the special units that, oh, you know, they are militarized in a sense. The anti-terrorism units. It's all, no. it's all, all that stuff is definitely necessary in case shit hits the fan. Right. You know? But normal everyday officers, they're just walking around with a pistol on their hip, you know? Right. It's, it's, well, the big, it's, it's the big scary AR-15s and M-16s that people see when there's a situation going down that they say, oh, it's too militarized, it's too militarized. Like there's guys chilling in Penn Station all the time. I, don't want, I, keep, I see you keep wanting to cut in, but I'm going to keep going for a second. Because even in Penn Station, you see them all the time. Even in the, at the airport, you'll see them at JFK tomorrow when you're flying out. There are guys in helmets and rifles, but that's an airport, and one's a major transportation hub in the middle of New York City. Right. You know, they're targets. So to respond to an incident, a potential incident, sometimes a handgun might not get it done, you know? Right. So they are militarized in a sense, but people love spouting that, that they're militarized and they're scary and all this crap. No, if you know what it is and what they're doing, it's, in my opinion, definitely necessary to have all that stuff. Right. I think, you know... One of the things I learned about when I was watching the video was the guy, the, 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 the one that's still on the force. I think he's about 30. One of the things he mentioned was a lot of those guns that they carry that a lot of people own and can yeah. buy at a gun store. So, yeah. yes, you know, when they wear the whole armor suit, like you said, Penn Station, I've seen them. They're very intimidating to look at because you think the moment you do some suspicions, you might get one. But a lot of people own these type of guns. You know, so I think, yes, while it might look scary and intimidating, mm -hmm. but would you prefer that or someone, you know, who has a pistol and there's a guy shooting right. up the school with a or rifle? That's, that's so. another thing, too, is that would, would you rather them have a, a black AR-15 or would you rather have them have a, an old woodstock, like, you know, like a Tommy gun or something like that, you know, like an old school and old rifle? Right. It's like single fire. You got to load a bullet in every time you want to shoot. Would you feel safer with the police having that? I don't, I don't think I would. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I saw someone, uh, someone argued uh, that police shouldn't even have guns. They should have their baton. They should have mm -hmm. their taser. I'm like, that's not enough because what happens if you're in the traffic stop, someone pull out a gun on you, what, are you going to tase them to death? Yep. All it takes is one bullet to end somebody's life. Yep. So I think we just, this all just boils down to the people and the police having a better relationship with each other. I mm -hmm. think, there should be a better understanding of what's happening. People should respect police, but police should have, you know, respect for people. You know, I watched a video where a girl, they were at a 7-Eleven and a police officer, this was, this is hard to watch, but this guy, uh, the girl was black and the officer was white and he was trying to put her in handcuffs and she wasn't resistant. But the problem was he was trying to put her in handcuffs in, in a puddle, which was, you know, pretty deep. So I'm like, you're going to put somebody's head in water and handcuff them. Yeah, you're going to waterboard and drown them. Exactly. So when she's out there squirming around and fussing, you know, the first thing you do is pull out a taser. No. I, I mean, 
that stuff like that is hard to watch, and I see why people get frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, because that all could have been avoided. You could have just picked her up, stood her up, and got her out the water. Because right. God, frankly, if that was me, I would have did the same thing. I probably would have been shot because I'm a big dude. But it's just stuff like that that has to be better taught. You know, it's just there has to be a better relationship and better understanding and better education. Mm-hmm. That's you know, what it all comes down to, man. It's the education. That's the yeah, thing. exactly. I, I want to keep running around, but that that's all it just boils mm-hmm. down to. Um, but what you know, one final question I want to ask you: Do you think we will ever get to a point in society where the police and people can come together and work together? I would like to think so. I would like to. I would love if that would happen. But I think that we're still, if that is ever going to actually happen, it's going to be down the road. It's not coming anytime soon, probably. That sucks to say, but, you know, that's just my two cents. Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, my final thoughts is it's not going to happen for many years. There's always going to be racism in the world. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a group of people that feel uh, oppressed by the police. And I'm not just saying it's just black people, but mm-hmm. other yeah, minorities might feel that they're always getting targeted by the police. Yep. And, and not just police, just people in general. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the perception of races on TV and stuff have to change too, because, mm-hmm. you know, some officers may not be officer then, but as they grow up and want to become one, you know, you get used to watching, you know, black people rob and steal on TV and you live in Nebraska and never, you know, counted them. That's a big issue. Yeah. So, um, I don't think there'll ever be a time and point, uh, at least in the next 40 years, maybe, uh, where the police and people will come together. But mm-hmm. I have hope that one day it's, the, yeah, right. Of course, one day we can all fingers crossed, but it comes down. Like I said, like you were just mentioned that, there's always going to be racism. There's always, always going to be people that hate the police. You know, like there's always going to be racist. It's the same, same kind of deal. Like right. I get, I get policemen aren't race. It's a choice, but they sure are treated like a race. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's sad. And the officer in question I was talking to you, uh, mentioning was saying that every time something bad happens in the police force, they all lump them together. But you yep. know, if someone commits a rape, you know, everybody don't get blamed. You know, the whole entire men population don't get blamed. So. Well, not that, nowadays, all the men do get blamed too. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> we might lo- I might lose our listeners for this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But any final thoughts? Any, any last things you want to mention? Uh, nah, anywhere dude, people just, can find you? I'll just say it again, man. Just uh, it's, It comes down to education. That's all it is. Constant education, re-education, retraining all throughout their time on duty. That's it. That will, that will fix the majority of the problems. The other, the minority of the problems is going to be the people higher up probably. Right. But, um, that's what it comes down to in my mind is, is education, education, education. Yeah. I think, you know, my, my last two sentences, hopefully one day, uh, we could, we could coexist like, you know, me, you and your parents, you know, Mm -hmm. it's never a problem. Just because one one is white, one is black, is no problem. And uh, but we have a long way to go. So uh, this yeah, is hope, more, hopefully in our lifetimes, man. Hopefully in our lifetimes. <laughs> this is more than just the police at this point. But mm-hmm. that goes without saying. Um, anywhere people can find you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at 
11D Kennedy. That's 11DKENNEDY. Or follow me on Twitch. Watch me play some Call of Duty. Uh, Twitch.tv slash LDON114. Perfect. Yeah, this Don's been a good friend since the early college days. And, you know, we did the check out the George Floyd uh, episode we did. Uh, very few, uh, very, I think the second episode we did. Um, yeah, check that out. That was a really nice conversation. I look forward to have you on some more. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And remember, a better hand is a helping hand. Thank you for joining me, Don. Thanks for having me, Percy. Peace and love. Absolutely. You too, man. Thank you.